Hello everyone and welcome to your weekly podcast, Get Plugged In, from Enslow Park Presbyterian Church, located in Huntington, West Virginia. Get Plugged In is broadcasted every Friday at noon and you can listen to it at any podcast platform as well as in our Facebook page, Instagram and YouTube channel. Our mission is to spread a message of encouragement, motivation, comfort and joy to our to our listeners. My name is Rodrigo Almeida and I'm here with my friend Dana Sutton. Hello Dana. How are you? Hey Rodrigo. Good to be with you. Oh, absolutely my friend. Um I'm really happy to listen to you what you have to uh, tell us and the scriptures that you chose is really great. Um but before we get into that, please let our listeners know who is Dana Sutton. So I am a Presbyterian pastor. I'm currently serving as the interim pastor at Highlawn Presbyterian Church, also in Huntington, West Virginia. I've been in Huntington a long time, uh, was previously in campus ministry at Marshall University. And before that, my wife, who's also a pastor, and I worked together in ministry in another church, Bates Memorial Presbyterian Church, for uh, 12 years together. So I've been in Huntington a long, long time and have been through a, a series of sort of different um, careers, all pretty closely related to one another. Uh, but in in recent years have also um, landed one foot in an area called life coaching um, that uh, is is seeing a lot of growth, has had a lot of impact in the country. Having said that, sometimes it it uh, shows up as a joke on some movies or TV shows as though a life coach is somebody who tells you how to live your life, which is not at all what we do. But um, <laughs> I can talk more about that later. But uh, just speak a little bit more. My wife, um, in addition to being a pastor, is a, is a counselor in her own practice. And then we have two adult sons, one who lives in Richmond, Virginia, and one in Morgantown, West Virginia. So, um, I'm a, I'm a, I call myself an aging athlete. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and, and more recently it's been tilting more toward the aging part of that. Uh, but I still love to play, uh, sports, uh, soccer, you know, yes. being my, my primary love. Uh, but, um, also basketball or almost anything, throw a ball out there and, and, you know, get me together with some other people and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll have a good time. Uh, so that's, that's been a hobby of mine. That's of course during COVID, Uh, that's something that hasn't really been happening. It's a lot of, it's a sadness there, a loss for me in that regard. Um, but uh, I've got, you know, I've got some other hobbies. I've landed on disc golf recently, I've been playing a lot of disc golf. So oh, really? that gets me, still gets me outside and keeps me active and, and, uh, and so on. But uh, other than that, um, you know, been in ministry since uh, 1989 uh, was the year I was ordained. and. Um, in different places, uh, but, but mostly here in West Virginia, where there are, you know, lots of opportunities and lots and lots of great folks. Oh, absolutely. So you, uh, are you originally from uh, West Virginia? I am not, though my dad was from West Virginia. I was born in Reno, Nevada. Oh, so, really? Yep. Yep. So I've been, I've lived in several different places. I'm a West, I'm still a Westerner at heart, though, when it comes to the mountains and the desert. So. <laughs> You still have the West in your... <laughs> I I do. I do. Yep. And my dad was born up in Doddridge County in the hills and hollers up there. So I, 
I, I've known West Virginia since I was very young, but uh, I moved here as an adult. That's great. That's great. Um, yeah, and I agree with you. <clears throat> uh, as a soccer player, you know, it's hard to keep the social distance, you know, disputing one ball <laughs> <That's right. laughs> among 22 people. But the, that's right. the, the, this golf, you know, you have plenty of space. Yes, yes, that's right. In fact, in uh, some of the times that when I've played with other people, I've played a lot on my own, but when I've played with other people, you can tell the people who are really being cautious because they will only uh, reach into the basket and, and pull out their own discs. They won't even, you know, touch somebody uh, else's disc. So, but you can do that. You can make it work and, and still have a good time. And there are lots of good courses around the area too. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> That's great. Well, good to know that, uh, a little bit about you and, uh, of course, besides the, I would like to, to know how you're going to uh, put together the scriptures that you chose with your coaching, because I'd like to know a little bit more about the coaching uh, that you are doing. Uh, but before I get that, let's, let's pray. Let's have a sure. prayer so Thank you. we can invite the Holy Spirit to be part of this moment with uh, us and our listeners. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this moment where the Holy Spirit is among us and among our listeners and is bringing joy to all of you that are in need. We thank you for our lives and we ask you to put your almighty hand to those that are suffering, to those that are in darkness, that you bring light, to those in the hospital that are fighting to keep in this earth, to keep here, and to spread the good news about you. We thank you, Lord, for this day and all the other days that's coming in our lives, just to share the good news that you taught us through Jesus Christ, your Son. We ask and we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so as we are... Uh, you know, uh, sons and daughters of God, and we have a mission here to teach uh, to our fellows. Um, as a coach, I, you know, you probably are teaching a lot of people uh, to, to see the light, you know, giving them, you know, opportunities. Oh, why don't you do this and that? So uh, let's read one of the scriptures and uh, you can comment uh, uh, the relation about the scripture and what you do. Okay, sounds great. Uh, so the first scripture that I chose is 2 Timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and 7. And Paul says, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is within you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. So as I was thinking about scriptures after you reached out to me for the podcast, um, one of the things that I wanted to do is to reflect not only, you know, those scriptures that I find meaningful generally, but things that help explain, I guess, in some way, why I feel so strongly about the coaching, uh, not just the coaching work that I do separately, but the coaching approach that I also take within my leadership and my, and my ministry. Uh, I, it struck me as I was reading that Second Timothy passage a minute ago about that phrase about the laying on of hands, which is sadly, you know, one of the things that we're not able to safely do right now, uh, it, physically <laughs> right. speaking, right? But how else 
can we symbolically, uh, can we, without actually touching, how can we encourage others to, to, to rekindle uh, the gift of God that is within them? I think part of the nature of the, certainly of the coronavirus for, for, for everyone, uh, and particularly for Christians and, and, and churchgoers, is that, you know, whatever we may have perceived as, you know, the gifts of God, um, the ways that we have used them in the past may or may not be working. Mm. Uh, and so when they're, when they're not working well, you know, when we don't know how to use those gifts, um, you know, those, those gifts can begin to, uh, I guess, to use the, the language of a flame, they, be, they start to gutter out. Uh, and, and I think Timothy, um, the author Timothy Paul was, you know, was recognizing that, you know, um, we all have these times when we have to kind of rekindle that flame. We have to rekindle that gift because it has, it started getting lost for one reason or another. Um, and then, and then the second part of the passage that relates to me, and I think relates uh, a lot to, to coaching is the phrase about, um, giving us a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. One of the things that I, I certainly find a lot in my, in my own life is I have all kinds of good intentions. Um, you know, there's an old saying that the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I don't yes. quite believe that, but I do believe um, that uh, the road to perhaps nowhere uh, is paved with good intentions because when we have good intentions, but we don't follow them up with, uh, with a focus, with a plan, um, with self-discipline of some kind, then we don't go anywhere. And, and then we feel even worse about ourselves than if we hadn't started in the first place. So one of the things that I, I find that, that coaching uh, helps with, and, and for a lot of people, this is maybe one of the primary benefits of coaching is that it helps them to have some accountability mm-hmm. and, and therefore some self-discipline. So for example, with a client uh, who wants to change something in their lives, their work, their ministry, um, you know, we'll talk about, well, what are some possible ways you could go about that? Uh, and then when they settle on an idea and say, I think I really want to do this. We talk about, okay, how are you going to do that? You know, what are the steps you're going to take? And then we plan um, to have another session. And the next time we talk, I ask them about it. So that helps provide that accountability. And I'll say, you know, so how did it go? You know, a lot of times I'll ask people to actually send me a report ahead of time so I can see in the notes, well, I, I did really well with this, this part. This other part didn't work so well. And so rather than, um, what we often do to ourselves when we're in that situation, we beat ourselves up like, oh, I didn't do it. I'm a failure, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a coaching process, we really want to get at, well, you know, what was it that got in the way? Uh, and one of the things we often find is that, you know, what really gets in the way of us doing something we say we want to do is something that was even more important that we just didn't realize until it happened. You know, that actually is more important. This other thing came up and it got in the way of this goal, but that's okay because, this is where my highest values are. And that can be very freeing for people as well. And to me, that speaks to that um, spirit of, of power and of love. And, and I think in a big sense, we're called, and we know this from the scriptures as well, you know, that we're called not just to love others and to love God, but also to love ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's a big part of that passage. And I'll pause there and see, you know, if you want to follow up on anything I talked about there with regard to that particular scripture. No, you, uh, you're right. I just, I just want you to listen more and more because I was really uh, curious to see where it's going. Uh, but the thing is, when you brought here the second part of uh, the, the verse 7, 
Um, for God has not given us a spirit. I'm reading from a different version that you brought, mm -hmm. but it mm -hmm. says, for God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness. And you, you mentioned mm -hmm. cowardness, mm -hmm. uh, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Oh, sound it's a different uh, words, but means, uh, you know, at the end means the same thing. Um, yeah. What, what I think about that is um, we have all the great, uh, I mean, the great attributes uh, that God have has given to us. For example, we, our spirit has a red power. Our spirit, we were born with love. We were born with, uh, you know, uh, sound judgment. Uh, so it's a matter of um, whoever is raising a kid, you know, keep these things on a kid. And we know, and you probably have seen a lot of people without power, you know, powerless or uh, more fear. Uh, but, and, and, and so you, you bring this back to them and say, hey, listen, God gave you this. You know, where do you miss that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is cowardice or it is fear, fearfulness that, that keeps us from making change in our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's one of the factors as you were talking, that's one of the things that, that came to my mind is that, um, you know, what, what often keeps us from making changes is, is that we know that change is going to cause us pain. Yeah. The question is how much pain does it causing us on an ongoing basis to keep doing things in the way we're doing them? Uh, and, and, and once people start, you know, really asking themselves that question honestly, that to me is a big part of the process of, of beginning to, to break down the, the barrier of fear. I mean, we, we're still going to have fear in us, right? We're always going to yeah. have some fear yeah. in us. Um, but the extent to which we can overcome the fear and take the steps of, I, and I loved, I loved the phrase that you used from that, your translation, sound judgment. Mm -hmm. the, question, the question that brings to my mind, though, is, How do we know what sound judgment really is? And and for me, one of the one of the answers is that we 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 find it out, we discover it in community. Uh, and so that's one of the one of the reasons I think we need things like the church. You know, we need communities of faith where we can together talk about well, you know, what is sound judgment? I'm really struggling with this thing right now, and I have these two or three different ideas, but I'm not sure what sound judgment looks like. And, and that's where, you know, you and I talked a little bit earlier about the old idea of discernment mm -hmm. um, and, and, and figuring out where, you know, where is God most present for us? Uh, which of these ways of going about it feels most energizing, for example. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's always a good indication. Well, <laughs> for you, that, that may be where God's, God's waiting for you right there. You know, where you yeah. perceive that little energy bump when you think about doing this thing, that may be God speaking to you. So, okay, so uh, now now I'm curious. So you f you think when uh, when when something gives you a lot of energy that you mentioned, you know, like uh, I also mentioned in our talking before, uh, the tone of voice when you talk with people, you can feel their tone of voice, you know, going higher, you know, more, getting more excited or slowing down when they, they, they're, you know, not too confident or not, you know, happy. So these moments, it's, it's, you're saying that you find God 
when you are happy. That's the moment when God is talking with you. Um, I think that's one of the kinds of moments. Yes. And, uh, and in a little while, I'm going to, you know, re refer to a passage where one of the words that I, I love to talk a lot about is joy. Um, but I would say, you know, that <laughs> yes, in some fashion where joy is, God is also, but I would, I would certainly not say that's the only place God is because God is also, God is also in the suffering. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, the Psalms, the Psalms testify to that. You know, that God does not abandon us in those times of suffering. And, and even though we may at times perceive that God is, is absent from us, um, God is always accessible to us, you know? So, so I think, yes, there is, um, I think joy, I think happiness is an indication of, um, uh, of, of God being God say yes, with cheering, us. cheering. Yeah. Go. Yes. That's, that's yes. the way. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's good. I like that. Yeah, it's a good good way to put it. Yep. That's great. And uh uh and I agree with you in like a maybe in the in the bad time is God putting you to think. You know, just like you said, you know, that people don't they are fear to change mm. because they are comfortable in that position. Uh and when they say, "Well, I'm comfortable, but I'm not happy." <laughs> but I'm 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 afraid to you know yes. to to change because it's comfortable. Yes. And, yes. And 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 I think you know God is just you know um you know poking you you know out of this couch. Hey guys, come on, let's move, let's move. You, yep. you have much more you know to to bring from you, and that's what it says here in the passage. Uh, he's he he didn't give us. He didn't, he didn't give us a spirit of fearfulness or cowardice, but a power. So right. people, they don't realize the power they have inside of each one of them. Right, exactly. And, and I think that to me is a, is a really good way to, to uh, summarize what I think often happens in a process like coaching or like counseling, other, other helping uh, methods or processes But part of what I'm hoping to do is help people figure out or unlock that power in themselves, you know, to find it. If they don't know, if they haven't seen it, or if they've seen it before, but it's not showing up for them right now, let's go back and look. Well, how did it show up for you before? What did it look like? What did it feel like? How did you notice it? Um, uh, where did you, when, when and where did you experience it? And how might you take some of that same experience and apply it to your current situation? That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So uh, so in terms here, um, what Paul says in the Bible and uh, what you are bringing us um, is the power, love, and the sound judgment that each one must have uh, to keep going. And uh, rem as just you said, you know, uh, rem reminding us that God is everywhere in the good time and even in a bad time. Mm -hmm. he's always Absolutely. there uh, yep. but yep. he's he, he, he he's not happy you know seeing you in a bad position so come on come on man I gave you power absolutely that is huge I, I wanted to talk about I'll talk about that in a little bit too but I'll hold on to that idea because that's one of my I guess one of the strongest um, motivators I have for right. why I do what I do is exactly what you just said God doesn't not only does God not want us to be in a spirit of fearfulness or cowardice But neither does God want us to be uh, without happiness and without joy uh, in our lives of 
of service to others. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I wanted to That's I wanted to mention one thing. I love just this in, passage here. So, and yeah. then you said that you have another one, right? You had another passage. I, I do, I do. But if I can, I just wanted to mention there's a song that came to mind as you were Absolutely. talking. One of my favorite singer-songwriters, David Wilcox, had an album that came out a couple years ago. And and in it, he had a song uh, called, I think the song was called The The Edge. But the line in it that came to mind as you were talking is, you know, we were safe here in the middle, but the view is from the edge. Uh, and, you know, you were talking about how, you know, we, we sort of, we, we, we sometimes were tempted to stay where it's safe or, or, or comfortable. And you use the word comfortable, but the reality is that, you know, those places that are, that have been comfortable as we start to grow or as we start to experience new possibilities, mm, they're like shoes that, that maybe don't fit us so well anymore, but we, we like those shoes, you know, and, and we don't really want to get new shoes, but we start when we really are honest with it and somebody says, well, you know, what would it be like to have new shoes that felt as good as the old ones did when they were new, you know? So, so, you know, maybe we begin to move from that place of fearfulness. So. Absolutely. Anyway, so yeah. So the next passage that I thought about, and it's so funny because um, I chose these passages really before I had listened to some of your podcast episodes. And I, and I, and I loved what you opened up with today about, you know, the two words that really struck me were encouragement, motivation, um, in terms of what you're trying to do with your podcast. And so from first Thessalonians, uh, verse chapter five, verse 11, I have therefore encourage one another and build up each other as indeed you are doing. And I actually, it looks to me like you could just take that verse right there and stick it right on the end of the other verse that I read earlier. And it would work really well. Absolutely. But, but, but the words in there that, that I really like are encourage and, and, and build each other up. Uh, and, and of course, I think of, of you know, the, the, the character in the New Testament of, of Barnabas. And if you remember, Barnabas was, his nickname was the encourager. Uh, and he was somebody who encouraged Paul a lot in his ministry and, you know, who obviously must have done that for a lot of other people too. I mean, so he got the title, the encourager. And I've thought many times, boy, you can be called much worse things <laughs> than to be known as an encourager, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so now, um, this passage here from First Thessalonians, um, it's um, uh, it's something that you know brings up today, where you you see people you know trying to encourage, and again, that's another thing that you mentioned. You know, uh, it's hard to do this physically, like a person, but. We have several other ways, for for example, this podcast, as you mentioned, we have a lot of the other platforms that brings, you know, a joy and, and good vibes, you know, a, a better, um, uh, you know, message for people that are in desperation today. But before the COVID, uh, what were you doing, you know, to uh, encourage one another, as, you know, Paul describes here? What, what, were, what, what was your experience? Mm. It's funny you ask about that. One of the things I was just talking about today with one of my new, uh, well, not, not new, but a, with a coaching client of mine who's a minister who's just started in a new job. And he said one of the things he really wants to change, he said he loves to get encouragement from other people, but he hasn't always been good at giving encouragement. And so we talked about that and we talked about what that might look like or feel like. 
And one of the things I've realized that over the years, as I've gotten older, it's become, I think, much easier for me to offer encouragement to others uh, in both in terms of, of the church uh, and, you know, the ministry that I do there. So I, I, you know, I regularly reach out to our session members, our elders uh, or other, other members. I, you know, I make phone calls. I, I try to, you know, check in with people that I think maybe, maybe struggling a little bit and offer them you know, joy, offer them some humor. I love, I, I'm, I, I think I have a good, I think I have a good sense of humor. Uh, so, you know, laughter is, is a yes. gift. It certainly can be a gift of encouragement to people, you know, when they're struggling, but in terms of the, the other part of my ministry, which is the coaching part of my ministry, I see it as a really wonderful way to encourage people by again, um, helping unlock, helping them unlock you know, where, where God is in their lives and in themselves, you know, what are the gifts God has given you? Uh, and, and, you know, again, like, like back in the previous passage, the gift of God, and I think it's gifts of God that are within us. Um, you know, sometimes we get either a, we haven't really had experience using this particular gift and we're afraid to kind of put it out there or try it out because we're, you know, we're self-conscious, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're not sure. We're not confident about what it might, what might happen. Uh, or maybe we have tried it. It didn't work out so well. Uh, and yet we still think, well, this is a gift. Um, we need each other. That's when we need each other. We need people mm -hmm. to encourage us and, and recognize in us things that we don't always believe enough. <laughs> it's like I've said before, I, I remember preaching a sermon at one time uh, and I don't remember what the scripture passage was, but I remember talking about, um, encouraging other because encouraging one another because sometimes we need other people to believe on our behalf when we can't even hold on to our faith when we can't even believe that God is here for me now we need each other to believe it for us until hopefully we can begin to believe it again so that's that's part of that work of encouragement I, that I think we're always always about uh, in the Christian life. Oh, absolutely. And this. So do you think people are afraid to try new things or to change for um, uh, make judgment about them? Sometimes, yeah. For, for some people, that's uh, a big part of it. But I would say in, in most cases, uh, we are our own harshest critics. And mm. so, you know, what I find more often than not is that if it were, if, if people believe really strongly in themselves and they have confidence that this is something they are being called to do, then even if others are not encouraging them, they can often do it. But if they don't believe in themselves really mm -hmm. strongly, you know, that this is a gift. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll share uh, a few, a couple of examples from my own life where, um, you know, like for me to get into coaching, I, uh -huh. I had never heard of coaching and I'm, I'm a, I can be a, I can be a kind of a stubborn guy, but I, I was looking for something, you know, I was looking for a new invitation from God, like, Hey, Dana, why don't you try this? You know? Uh -huh. And, and I, and I wanted it to jump out at me, but I, I wanted it to be something, you know, that I was familiar with. So a friend of mine, an old friend of mine known me for, you know, 40 years said to me, you ought to consider coaching. And I thought, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And I looked into it a little bit, but I was like, ah, it's kind of expensive. I don't want to, da, da, da. <laughs> um, 
Well, it took two more, two more friends, two more good friends who had known me for many years and completely unrelated to any of the others. Uh, both of them mentioning to me, hey, you ought to consider coaching. You ought to look into coaching. And okay, so then it's then to me, it's like, all right, all right, God, I'm going to start paying attention. Just, you know, <laughs> sort of smack me upside the head here. You know, it got, it was gentle at first, but it got more insistent. And now, all right, I'm going to pay attention. Um, I've had the same experience with, you know, trying to discern whether I was going to go into ministry in the first place uh, as well. So hmm. I've, I've had those times where, <laughs> you know, I needed other people to see in me something that I, I wasn't seeing in myself. And, and that's true because, you know, sometimes when you are, you know, struggling in your life and you hear somebody say, hey, you are really good on that. Why don't you do this, you know, like a, you know, try to not make a living, but try to do this more often. And you say, nah, I just do this for a hobby. Yes. And then, you know, something, you know, you mentioned about three friends, you know, I don't know if they are related, if they know each other. But I, they don't, they don't I remember know, when I met. mentioned, <laughs> no, <laughs> I remain, I remember when I talked with a friend and I say, man, you, you're really good on that, you know? And then he told me, you know what? You are not the first one to tell me this. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it, it, it's really nice, you know, how uh, God works, you know, when we, we ask yes. for suggestion and we send yeah. people to, you know, say, hey, man, look at this here. And that's, that is a, that is a ministry of encouragement. And we have both the responsibility, I think, but also even more importantly, we have the opportunity to do that for each other. Because how cool is it, right? When you share something like that with somebody and then, and then the next thing, you know, they've been encouraged to use those gifts more. That's a wonderful feeling for, for me or for you, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Because they, they saw the, your friend saw something that you haven't seen. And probably it was inside you, you know, it was so close, but they saw something. Hey, why don't you do this here? Exactly. Uh, it, it, why not? You know? Yep. Yep. <clears throat> Give a it, shot. It reminds, you know, it reminds me of one of my favorite sayings about how we, how we see or, or don't always see um, God's presence. Uh, and, and what I like to say is it's really easy for us to, you know, kind of see the face of God when it looks like something we're very familiar with, you know? So for example, when it looks like our own face in the mirror, we're like, Oh, okay. That looks like God. But when it looks very different, uh, we, we have a lot more challenge often seeing that face. And, and that's why we need others. We need others to teach us. Yes. This too is the face of God. Yes. This too is the voice of God, you know, speaking to us. And that's when Paul says, you know, beauty, beauty each other. And that's yep. not, it, it doesn't need to be like, hey man, you are good on that. Come on, like in the army. Come on, soldier, you can do that. Come right. on, bring rah, it rah. on. <laughs> rah, rah, yeah. <laughs> It's just so a there friend. There are all kinds of ways to do that. I love that you brought that up though, Rodrigo, because I think a lot of people think that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to encourage. And mm -hmm. I'm, But I'm guessing for all of your listeners that if they think about people in their lives who have encouraged them, I would bet there've been a lot more people who were very quietly yeah. uh, encouraging them. Uh, in, in, in subtle ways, sometimes maybe in more obvious ways, but, but, you know, just sort of quietly there to, you know, to support them and to say, you know, that was, that was a, that was a great sermon or, um, you know, I really appreciate what you said about this, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. That's right. Yeah. That's, and you know, um, because, because, uh, um, I, I, I served the army. So, you know, I joined the army. So I know a little bit about these two worlds. <laughs> you do then. Yeah. 
my brother was in the army too. So it was my dad. And I'm, the <laughs> one that, I'm the one that skipped it. <laughs> but all, all his motivation in all of them is to, you know, to see you, um, you know, going forward, not, mm, not yes. to harm you. It's just right. to, right. to push you, you know, in a, in a good way. Right. And, and, and that's what sometimes, you know, uh, God talks with us uh, through whispers. Mm, um, the still but, small voice. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I understand if you don't listen at the third time, he's going to shout. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think... Can't we, you I say that? Talked, yeah, yeah. So I think we talked earlier, just I, I mentioned the That's Jonah amazing. story. So, you know, so it's like Jonah having to get that... <laughs> You know, Jonah didn't really listen the first couple times. You know, so like God's like, yeah, watch this. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my, my friend, that's right. So, um, in terms, okay, so now that you are a coach, and uh, <clears throat> um, so the coaching thing down in Brazil, it's uh, <clears throat> it's it, you see those guys, you no, know, you know, try to pump people up you know try yeah. to bring them up you know and yeah. uh, they yeah. they leave motivated and, and you with know loud that, music that works for some a lot people. of screaming yeah no i'd say that works for some people like i yes. don't know how many it works for right but it depends on what you're trying to get out of it too i think mm -hmm. and that's and that is that's the image though you know when you when you mentioned that there was also um uh failure to launch was a movie a few years ago i think matthew mcconaughey was in that movie uh but but the um I don't know, it was a Drew Barrymore. Somebody played a, a, a life coach. Like they were supposed to be coaching him to, mm. you know, get on with his life. And there are people that do that, right? But um, again, often it's that, the image that you just said, it's the 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 rah-rah, the loud, like yeah. you got to go do this. It's more like the, more like you, your drill sergeant was in the military. <laughs> and that's, that's not what most, that's not what most coaches are doing. Most coaches mm -hmm. are doing more of the, you know, quiet, encouraging, but I, I think also the, um, the, the, the motivating part of it is through trying to unlock, um, people's imaginations and their mm -hmm. curiosity through asking them questions, you know, like you used yes. the word I, I loved earlier that you said, um, I'm wondering about, or I'm curious about, well, that's what I, I asked that a lot of times. I mean, that's a phrase I use in probably every single coaching session. Somebody will say something and I'm thinking, huh, that makes me wonder about this. So tell me a little bit more about this. I'm really curious. How uh -huh. is that, you know, working out for you or, you know, what's, what's not working about that or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and, and, and again, trying to, because again, that's another place where I think God shows up is not in our, also not just in our joy or even in our grief, but also in our curiosity and our imagination. Uh-huh. That's great. So of course, you know, uh, one-on-one, uh, base, you know, is, Uh, talk it's way more um, deep than you know in a group so for example when you you preach you probably have you know uh, experienced that when you preach sometimes you 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 touch a lot of people and in the same sermon the other half say hmm I didn't understand the thing that you said yes yes exactly or, so or that, other times where you say something and somebody or you do your sermon and somebody will come to you and say I love what you said about this and I, and I'll be sitting there thinking, I, I don't, I'll go back and look at the text that I read from and like, I didn't say anything about that, but they heard this and it was meaningful for them. And, and that to me is like, okay, that's where the spirit steps in and does something that I didn't expect. <laughs> so, so when you, so, so you 
uh, you you understand. I mean, you you're telling us like the 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 one on one coaching or one on one, you know, like a uh, you know client meeting. It's more powerful because you can see what people are struggling with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you it's um so. I'm trying to remember the, the, the phrase. Um, I think there's a phrase from um, Celtic spirituality called Anam, Anamkara. And, and what it means is loosely translated, it means a soul friend. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, the, for, for the, the, the Celtic Christians, you know, that was somebody who uh, is a, a confidant. They are an encourager. There's somebody to whom we can tell um the truths about ourselves, you know, the places that we really struggle. Mm. Uh, and so, you know, one-on-one coaching sessions are, to me, that's the ideal. I think co- group coaching also can work really well um, uh, because a group can become um, a coach for each other, uh, mm. you know, with a, with a facilitator. And so it works that way too. But what I have the most experience with is, is individual coaching. And, and it is, you, you develop a relationship of trust in which you can ask questions that are sometimes tough questions, you know, and we need yeah, people yeah. to, we need people to ask us those questions too. Um, you know, one of the questions I've asked, I've asked people uh, along the lines of, you know, in, in, in ministry, and these are people often who are, you know, maybe really struggling. They're very unhappy. They're kind of burned out. Uh, they experience what I call compassion fatigue, uh, mm-hmm. where you know, their ability to really be compassionate is, is greatly diminished. Uh, and one of the questions I'll sometimes ask them is, you know, how much longer are, are you willing to to go without experiencing any of your own joy? And that's a question that you need you need you need somebody to trust you before you can really ask that question, right? That's great. Um, but it's we don't. I mean, most of us don't do that for each other. Unfortunately, we can, and some people do, right? Um, so so so, so leave this uh, question again. Now now for our, to our listeners, go ahead. Uh, the same question you mean? Yeah, I just said. Yeah, yeah. So so um, for someone, for example, who's who is experiencing uh, a, a lot of sadness, they're not experiencing uh, joy in their in their lives because of the way they've um, been burned out. You know, by by um, always, always, always. It's always for others. It's always for others. Uh, and I, I, I have asked people before, how, how much longer are you willing to go or live without experiencing joy in your own life? And that's a question that has stopped people. And, and when I know I've asked a really good question, <laughs> I, get, I get a response that is either just dead silence or they will say something like, huh, that's a really good question. And then that's all they'll say for a while. Um, and and I then I know I've, and then I know I've asked a really, truly powerful question that God led me to ask them. Moment of silence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I'll tell you what, it's one of the hardest things to learn how to uh, cope with as a, as a coach when you're, especially when you're coaching by phone, which is almost all of what I do, mm-hmm. your first initially you think, oh, did we just lose our connection? Yeah. Um, but we also, from our own anxiety, we're like, oh, did I, is, was it too much? Uh, you know, so early on in the process, we all struggle with that. 
Uh, but I think the more you coach, the more you learn to let the silence uh, linger, Speak. you know, to let it rest. Yep. Because yeah. something's going on in that silence. I just don't know what it is. I don't necessarily have to know what it is. I just know that it was powerful. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I remember, uh, I know that, you know, there is a sentence in Brazil, I probably hear too, uh, but if somebody tells you something and you stay in silence, it's because you agree. <laughs> so if you want something, you, you did that because you are this and you, you, you are in silence, you know, because you yeah, agree. Yeah. Or in this case, because you don't really know what the answer is. Exactly. I mean, and, and, and that's, that's, that's a good place to be. I mean, we're not comfortable there. You know, back to your earlier question about, you know, fearfulness and, and comfort. Um, we're comfortable when we know the answers. When, when somebody asks us something deep that we don't know the answer to, that's uncomfortable, yes. but it's also how we grow. Absolutely. I mean, there is no other way to finish this meeting here with this great question and this great insight that Dana just uh, left here for you listeners. And uh, maybe you you know just use the, the 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 weekend to think about it, and then uh, on Sunday you gonna you know watch the service in your church, and remember then that next week is a Thanksgiving. So why don't bring joy in this moment? Because you know and be thankful for all the things that you have in your life. Just look around and see how blessed you are. You don't need to have five cars in the garage. You don't need to have like a, a, a house, you know, a five, five bedrooms, three bathrooms. No, just look around and see how blessed you are. You have food, you have energy, you have a, everything that, you know, God's keep you, uh, motivate you to just to move on, you know? So this question is going to be echoing in your, in your head. And uh, I hope. Yeah, may I share know, one more soon? thought that, that resonates? It just reflects exactly what you were saying. There's a little exercise uh-huh. that I, I have shared with folks. It's just called, you can call it whatever you want, three blessings, three best things. But you wake up in the morning and as soon as you, you know, get your coffee or get your head together, you begin making a mental list of what are the three best things that I've experienced so far. Or to put it another way, you know, where have I, where have I experienced God or where, what's a blessing today? In the beginning, it may not be very much, right? It may be like, well, my my uh, my coffee pot worked. So I had hot <laughs> coffee. That was a blessing. But throughout the day, anytime something better comes along, you replace something on the list. So it's always just three things. Hmm. But your attention, your focus is on just what you were suggesting, Rodrigo. It's on thankfulness. It's on gratitude. Uh, and and that, can, that can change your life. Yes. Yes. And always be humble to God because he only does things to not to harm you but to prosper you in your life so we we are blessed to be here you know in this moment uh sharing all this good vibration and um remember we can withdraw a lot of good things in this year a lot of good things not only bad things you know always look on the bright side and with this question that then let uh left to you i would like to finish our conversation um, but I'll, I would like to extend an, another invitation for the future because I would like to have you back here. You know, you bring more of this lovely message to our listener. I really enjoyed that, Dana. Thank really, you. Really I appreciate it. it. And maybe by the next time we talk, I'm, my wife and I are actually working on 
uh, early stages of our own podcast. And maybe by the next time we talk, you know, we'll, we'll have something I can tell you a little bit more about. So, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to. Um, so now, uh, listeners, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, uh, please go to our platforms and write to us. Be- uh, before I finish here, Dan, I would like to leave your contact information, like phone or email. Sure, sure. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, you can reach me either by phone, uh, and it's 304-730-0640, or by email or my website. My website is actually Sutton Coaching, S-U-T-T-O-N coaching.com. And so my email address there is Dana at Sutton Coaching.com. Mm-hmm. Great. So you can uh, reach Dana. Uh, phenomenal guy, you know, can help you with ev- almost everything, right? <laughs> I'm everything. I, I'll be clear. I'll be clear in one conversation though about what I can and can't help you with. <laughs> and I can probably point you to somebody else who can if I can't. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, and our website here is eppc72.weeks.com slash forward eppc. Check there our agenda and upcoming events in the church. Uh, we will also help our community with their events. We will keep you updated to what is happening in the places that you can share your faith and gifts in the tri-state area. And remember, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. With that, I'm saying goodbye to my friend Dana and to my listeners. Bye, Dana. Bye-bye, Rodrigo. Thank you. Thank you.